Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Sandeep Sharma. I'm really excited to have you. Uh, I'm glad that you reached out. And whenever I like set out the question of like who wants to be on, I like put a mental note of you and then like, great, you reached out. So this is this is one of my favorite things of like being able to get people that both listen to the podcast, but people that do a bunch of interesting things that I can be like, oh man, like I'm glad that this person listens to the podcast because there's another great person to have on the podcast. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so of course, to start, who are you? What do you do? My name is Sandeep, as I mentioned. Uh, I have an interesting background, so I'm not, um, I didn't start in music. I actually still work as a geophysicist at Devon Energy. So my background is more um, in term, in more scientific. Uh, yeah. With music, I started probably up two, two and a half years back. And it started with, I have to give huge kudos to my wife. Uh, she took me to uh, the Roots concert. And let me say that I loved music always. It's not that I all of a sudden was like, man, I, I really love music now. <laughs> but it's the hip hop side of things started with, uh, you know, the Roots. I, I watched them live at uh, the Windstar Casino about 2018. And there was a guy who was using a launch pad, their DJ. And I was like, what is that? And I didn't know that you can still technically make music without learning an instrument. <laughs> and then so that's that's where my uh, sort of fascination with uh, music and especially hip hop came in. And so I am now producing for a lot of artists in town. Um, I do predominantly hip hop music, but... As you probably heard from the newest stuff I send you, it's just like a genre, you know, kind of mixing uh, things. And we will we'll talk about more of why I started experimenting with, you know, kind of sounds later. But yeah, I'm just a producer in town. I also make films. Um, I'm, a, I'm an upcoming, I guess, amateur filmmaker. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have, uh, I also mix and master. And it's kind of interesting because of my background in geophysics. I do a lot of signal processing. So I had that sort of, uh, you know, physics-based approach to mixing and mastering sound, which helped immensely when I was mixing and mastering my music. It's like, oh, I know what frequencies are. I know what pitches. So that kind of helped me. So I'm not going to say that I'm not glad the degrees that I did, but I wish I found music a lot earlier than I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess let's start with the geophysicist side. How did you get there? How did you start there and why did you keep pursuing it? Yeah. So I I was born in India and I could be, uh, my whole family migrated to US in 2006 and I just finished high school when I was in India. And Indian education is a lot different, right? So you don't you, it's it's very sort of focused on it's kind of stereotypical, but sort of like engineers and doctors, you know, it sort of has a, a lane that you go to. And I was never incredibly good at studies. <laughs> yeah. And so when I came here, I was sort of like really mesmerized by you actually have choices when you go into universities, because in India, it's, you know, you go to an engineering school and you have the curriculum set. That's it. That's what you do. And uh, here, it's just like, wait a second, I can be undecided that this is new. <laughs> and I actually, that didn't work out well for me because I actually just, you know, screwed around quite a bit and just didn't know, didn't have a direction in mind for where I wanted to go. And then my brother, who's a computer engineer, obviously stereotypical, my brother. <laughs> so he introduced me to the, something called environmental sciences because his friend was in environmental science. And within that, um, I found this course they were applying, you know, they were uh, offering called geophysics. And I was like, this sounds interesting. Um, I don't know what it is. I know it's something to do with earth physics. And so I might try it out. And the day one, it's just like the, the idea of sort of understanding what's underneath us without actually technically looking at it by just imaging that fascinated me. It's just like, I want to, it's almost like, you know, looking for the unknown kind of thing. And so I just got you know, absolutely hooked with geophysics. And then I did my undergrad and my first master's at Rutgers in New Jersey. And then I made my way to sort of work more towards the oil and gas geophysics in Oklahoma State University. So that's where I got. I started as a PhD, soon figured, 
kind of found out is like, I actually want to make a little bit of money now because it's been a while since I've been in school. <laughs> and so I start, I finished my master's at, um, at OSU and then I've been working uh, at Devon Energy since 2016. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. One, I, I really relate to you on the like immigrant perspective of sort of the, the culture shock coming here. I didn't quite have as much of a culture shock as you did because I was, I was very little when I came to the U.S., but it is an interesting thing. It's come up before that different countries that aren't maybe as like grossly wealthy as the U.S. is, it is something that's come up in the past where uh, I've had uh, Nelson Gonzalez on who is also from Venezuela and they had a similar thing where like there was a lot of pressure to become an engineer and this sort of thing. I don't know what that is about like countries that are not as wealthy or something as America that they sort of try and pressure people. It's like, Hey, you gotta like do something to like make some money or like dig us out of this, whatever it is, you know, like, whereas in the U S there's a lot more like privilege and freedom of choice and stuff like that. Do you, I guess, what are your thoughts on that sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. Now that I go back to India, uh, it's definitely changed quite a bit. But you still, I mean, there's still that pressure of, you know, um, having a good job, having a, a, you know, a monthly salary kind of stuff. But I think the the younger generation mindsets have changed a little bit where you where you are allowed to you know, experiment with what you want to do. The, it, as a whole, you still have a a pretty big push towards education, which is absolutely fine. I mean, but it's just like, you know, where I differ from from the uh, the Indian culture is when they when education is sort of forced upon you. You know, like if like up until high school, sure, you know, um, that just do that. But after that, I do understand the point that, you know, older generation have towards, hey, you got to make sure that you can provide for yourself and your family. But I think in today's age, there's also different avenues you can go to to make, uh, you know, make some money. It doesn't have to be the, the the usual engineers or doctors. And again, I respect all engineers and doctors, but, you know, I... I wish I found music a lot earlier. Uh, I don't think my mom would have been, she's still not happy about it. You know, <laughs> she's like, oh, don't you dare quit that job to do music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, th but that's, that's what, something that, you know, uh, you have to just, I guess, experiment is like, what do you really uh, love in life and kind of go with that. And I think the, the thing that I would tell by Indian, if, if, you know, if they're listening is kind of, I think forcing kind of takes away from the fun of doing something. Like if somebody wants to be an engineer, by all means, you know, if that's your choice. But I think we are so, it's so innately in us that I don't know how can you tell if it's your choice or something that your parents have always told you. So that I'm not sure you can at some point separate. Me coming to US is what gave me that different perspective. I don't know if you're still in India, if I would think like that, I'm not sure yet. If I would ever find find music, if I ever if I would ever have done anything differently, so it just I think that changed my perspective. So I'm not sure how you would do that with somebody who lives in India for their whole life. I'm yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess going into the like nitty gritties of geophysics, uh, what's the I guess what's the new cool thing in your field that everyone's like, wow, this is uncharted territory and this is something new that's really groundbreaking for us? Actually, it's kind of interesting because Lucas talked about this. It's AI. AI has like been the thing in every industry that is, you know, and artificial intelligence is something that we use quite a lot of uh, for analyzing our data. And that's what I mostly do is I... I do programming and I do data science with the data that we get. So that's probably the thing. And I think it's been, uh, and then cloud computing, that's another big buzzword. But the problem is 
the amount of people that actually truly understand it is staggeringly small, but they have to use that buzzword every time, you know, just because it makes you look good kind of thing. You know, it's it's almost like, I think you, you in one of the podcasts mentioned, you know, knowing this, the names of a certain, you know, like musical term, but then actually using it might be completely different. You know, you can spout out the names and this and that, but, you know, like when you when it comes to using something, that's completely different. And that that sort of comes to play in almost any industries that those buzzwords always keep coming in. And yep, so artificial intelligence is huge right now. Uh, we also have, if you know, like the fiber optic cables that, uh, so we use something like that to uh, image fractures in the subsurface. That's another cool thing that has been going on for a few years. And that's something that I work on as well. But yeah, um, AI would be possibly the most um, interesting and the most uh, well, like most, you know, uh, uh, like famous soft things that have hit the oil and gas. And I think in general, most of the world, like any industry, there's AI. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even in in music too, we're seeing it in like how can we master songs with an AI algorithm? How can we get a mix sounding good? How can we get noise reduction to use this AI algorithm type stuff? So yeah, it is it isn't everything. And we're kind of seeing a different world now with what computers can do nowadays. So switching gears into film, how did you first get started in making films and what drew you towards it? Yeah. Um, so Again, 2016 and 17 have been, uh, 2018 and 19, my bad, have been like the the formative years of my creative sign, you know? So it's just like, I, I speak of it as like, I would just got born, but it kind of, it, it is kind of a rebirth of my personality. So with films uh, at work, uh, I have a colleague, uh, Sean Bingham, who made a film. So he writes novels and he also makes films. And so I started, when I first joined the company, he just released his first film and he was in in the process of writing the script for his second one, which is which was going to be a zombie film. And so I started, you know, just me wanting to, always been a movie buff, wanting to learn more about films and how to, you know, actually make films. I started chatting with him and then we started, you know, developing the friendship. And then 2000. 19 is when we filmed that zombie film. Uh, I was an uh, I was an actor in it. Uh, I also did the soundtrack for it, and um, I was just helping out. Like it's a small crew, so you do multiple jobs. You know, I was helping with lighting, I was helping with sound and all that stuff. But for some reason, even if we were at the at this filming location, we we shot a lot in Guthrie downtown in Oklahoma City, Francis Tuttle, Langston. But just being on set, that, you know, that energy that people have. Uh, and even if you're there from like 10 in the morning to 6 the next morning, I never, you know, I, I was never angry or annoyed with anything. It was just pure happiness. Just like, and then it also made me appreciate films a lot more, you know, um, saying that, hey, there's scene where this guy comes into the room. That takes like an hour and a half to film. It's just like, okay, the lighting is not good. I just don't like the angle. Yeah, why don't you change the color of this light? You know, make it warmer, make it brighter. It's just the things that go into it. It, I, it, I was immensely, you know, just um, almost like um, stunned by the work that you have to do to make a film. And so Zombactor, that's the name of the film, is how I got hooked with films. And I was like, okay, I already found music. And making the music for the film, you know, was was in, uh, even more fun. And I was like, I need to somehow find a creative outlet for all the th all the stories that I have. And that's I'm not a good writer, so novels was always out. <laughs> and so I was like, how do you, you? I still have to write scripts, but it's like, how do you do this in the way where it's like uh, where you can still share your stories, but I don't have to start, keep writing and writing. So film, the visual media was something that I, it was like a natural progression. It's like, okay, uh, I'm going to start uh, making films. And we worked on a few things. And uh, yeah, Zombactor was the biggest one. And we just have a lot of stuff in uh, in our vault right now, just slowly and steadily getting to it. With a full-time job, things get a little bit harder and you have to find time 
to do what you love, but the paradox is you have to work to, you know, pay towards the things you want, you, you want to do. So it's just like a, a, a loop that comes. And so, yeah, so that, that's how film started uh, for me. And yeah, I've been hooked ever since. Yeah. You've also been doing music videos as well. How is that different from just doing like film style work and then doing, you know, filming people? I mean, I'd see that you work with a lot of rappers anyways. And so it's like, it's a different kind of perspective. Uh, so w- what is that like? So I, I've sort of become a little bit uh, like I, I've sort of understood that, hey, um uh, I don't want to do things like other people do. So there's a certain style of music videos that you see with rap. You know, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's a very, like, not always the same, but there's a certain formula for it. I wanted to change that. Uh, I do have, uh, I'm, I have working on a few music videos, right, that are coming up. I see music video as a short film uh, because a, a, a music piece is uh, a story. You know, depending, you can also have music video where it's repeat one word 17 times, you know, but I'm just saying in general, good music has story, even instrumentals have a story associated with it. And so I am trying to approach music videos as films now. So as something that has a, a beginning, middle and an end, it doesn't have to be like that all the time, but the, I'm trying to make the music video side of things a little bit more cinematic. And so I think if I'm going to, I have to sort of establish that standard for myself just because I'm I'm at, at that point in life that I probably don't want to do things that I don't really enjoy just because, you know, I've already wasted so much time with geophysics, not wasted, but I've already spent so much time doing things that I do enjoy, but doesn't give me as much fun or as much happiness as music and movies do. So I'm at that point where I'm just going to establish a certain style that I have. And that's what I'm doing with music as well. And then, you know, if people, uh, you know, sort of vibe with it, then, you know, we, you know, we work together, but, you know, I'm, I'm approaching music videos almost as short film. So that a long winded answer to that question is, I think I'm just combining those two visual media together. Yeah. That's awesome. So then of course, jumping into the more fun part, the music. Yes. How did, what was your first like foray into like, yeah, you talked about that Roots concert that really made you go like, man, I don't have to go learn an instrument to be able to do this musical thing. So what what was the first thing that you jumped into, into like, I'm making music now? Yeah, it's actually a funny story. And, uh, and let me start by saying that I would love to, I mean, that's what I've been doing is actually learning instruments, but it's just that again, the time factor comes into play. Should I you know, uh, like if I have more time, I would learn instruments and also still produce like, you know, like uh, ch- chopping up loops. But at this point with the time I have, I have to use it very wisely. It's like, okay, I could play the drums for an hour or I could make like a couple of beats and, you know, like work with few producers, a few rappers to kind of get that into a song. So that being said, the funniest thing was, so I actually bought the, there was like the Novation launch key, you know, that little, uh, I bought it at the concert in the, in the, during the break on Amazon. And my wife was like, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another, cause I've always been a person that has a lot of interest. Like I want to do this. I want to be, I want to do off-road motorcycling and I still do adventure biking and this and that. So she thought that this is yeah, four months and it's going to go, it's going to be gone. <laughs> I bought the launch keys. I remember we lived at the, uh, I'm, I'm, it's funny though, we lived at the, uh, the Edge Midtown apartments and now my studio is right opposite to it. So it kind of started there and it's sort of now still around the same area. So I, I brought the keypad out, right? I, I have Ableton Light and I was like, man, I'm going to make my first beat, um, I was so proud. I put some keys in, put some drums with the drum pad and I had my headphones on and I called my wife, uh, which she was my girlfriend back then. And I was like, hey, listen to this beat that I made super proud. And because uh, I didn't know what, you know, good music was back then. Like I was like, oh, I'm making something. And she, as soon as she listened, she started laughing. Like that's, and and then she saw me, it's like, oh my God, it's bad. And she wanted to say something positive about it. And she said, hey, I like the ticking sound. 
And I was like, that's the metronome playing. (laughs) 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 And so from there, uh, it it did get like, when I started, it was harder for me to, like, I always had the ear for sound and keys and notes. Uh, I can, you know, like I knew when when a certain notes were out of key. And, you know, I'm not as good enough to actually use that to my advantage, you know, because, you know, you can play certain things that are out of key, but still sounds. I'm not there yet, but I I always was good at finding, you know, the right key for something. So I started, I kept going, kept going. I started sampling a little bit more. I started looking at Indian music. I started sampling Indian music for, you know, just for practice because I can't really uh, distribute them for copyright issues. And so... I don't know what happened. So something happened probably the beginning of 2020 that it's almost like I went into a different phase of music. So I started sampling better. And, you know, it just came with practice, just kind of understanding how to sample, watching a lot of YouTube videos, listening to a lot of different types of music helped quite a bit too. And uh, I, and the, the journey into actually working with producers is even more interesting in which we were walking, we just bought a house at Overholzer. This is 2019, December. And the next year, 2020, uh, we were we were just walking at the lake. I saw this graffiti, uh, like chalk graffiti on the walkway saying that, hey, check out Rob Kumpion. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I kept walking and it was another one. Hey, check out Rob Kumpion's YouTube channel. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Cause I, I'm one of those people who's very curious. It's like, I want to see what this is just because, and that was a good marketing technique too on his part. So he was an artist in town. He was a rapper and I saw his stuff and I was like, okay, he's pretty dope. And so I just reached out to him. He's like, Hey, uh, on fate on YouTube comments, he's like, Hey, uh, do you want to work together? And here's my Instagram add me. And he added me. And then we just started making music. Uh, I started producing for him. And I, I I did the first album called Fables and Fictions with him. And then, you know, and then I started getting better and better just because working with an artist gives you another dimension to your music. Because sometimes you, what I think is good does not mean that other people will think is good. So I, I, I found that, hey, what I think might be absolute crap, other people might actually really like it. And that's, that, that has happened to me countless times where I was like, that's my least favorite beat. And the artist is like, yeah, I want that one. And so, so with him, I started this musical journey and then I started just reaching out to people in town. It's like, Hey, uh, and the biggest person that I work with, a huge shout out to Thomas who Thomas, who is one of the dopest rapper in Oklahoma city. And so with him, I just reached out to him and said that, Hey, here's, I love your music. I listen to all of his stuff. It's like, I really love your music and uh, here's a beat, here's a beat pack. See if you like it. He didn't like it. And I didn't, I have a very less ego, like very small ego when it comes to stuff like that. You can tell me you don't like my music and I'm not going to be like, you know what, screw you. I'm not going to work with you anymore. I said, hey, show me something. And I send him another one, another one. And three weeks later, he's still not liking any of the songs that I made. And so then I said, hey, why don't you send me something that you do you know, uh, like, and the way you, and, cause I was listening to his old stuff and doing this and he had, he had the idea for a new sound. And so I wasn't getting there. And so he uploaded a video on Instagram with him rapping on a, uh, on a beat. And I was like, okay, it's kind of like that lo-fi hip hop. And then I started making stuff for him. And then he's like, all right, give me your number. And so he called me, he's like, yeah, I had to like write on this right now. And then he invited me to, uh, one of his studio sessions, um, and since then, that was probably like um, June, July, something like that. And the first person that showed up, this was absolutely crazy, was JB, like at the studio session. So I like the first beat I ever made for him, JB was featuring on that beat. And I was just like, somebody slapped me because I don't think this is real. <laughs> yeah. And so with him, with him, I have been working predominantly with him. And the music journey started from Rob and then moved into other artists. And for me, I don't mind like reaching out to people. It's like, hey, I have this sound. Do you want to work with me? I'm doing it less now just because I want to make sure that the artists that I work with have my attention, you know, and all the time that I can give him. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, long-winded answer to that, that's how it's, it's, it's very weird the way my journey started. It's almost like just a bunch of coincidences. Just, I was at the Root concert. Okay, we bought a house near Overholzer and there was a graffiti on the, on the, on the, on the, you know, walkway. And then I just checked out somebody's YouTube and reached out to him. And then that's how it just, the ball just kept rolling and then, you know, gaining more momentum. And so right now, he is crazy, man. He he writes three songs a night. Like every Thursday, he writes three songs and he's he's doing what's called 52 and 52. So he's dropping one single every Tuesday for the rest of the year. And for I'm I'm sort of the the executive producer on that uh, whole project, and I think we have done almost forty songs already in the last four months for it. Um, and then we just keep going. And then I started reaching out to more people, and so music has been preoccupying a lot of my free time. And uh, my wife is okay with it, but I think I need to give more time to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, the downside of having very time consuming hobbies and passions and then it takes up everything but uh i mean you can really see how the work that you put in and just reaching out is you know helps make a lot of awesome progress something that you've been saying over time is a question that i really like asking musicians is is there such a thing as bad music and how do you describe that man i I heard a lot of people answer that question on your podcast, <laughs> but, and I, I thought I would have an answer by now, but I think it's, it's very subjective uh, because just if, if I don't like something and it's, it's even, it's even comes down to my production. Like sometimes I think not bad music, but sometimes I think I don't like this beat. But somebody, the artist is like, Hey, I love that beat. So why don't you, that's the one to work on first. And I was like, so that gave me a different perspective. It was like, hey, yes, I have a certain style, which I'm trying to still figure out and experiment with. I, I would love everything in that style. And I shouldn't be quick enough to be like, hey, that other music is bad just because I don't like it. So I've been sort of, I'm also been, it's almost like a a, a, a way to now find myself and lower that, just like I said with the movies, I used to like, you know, make fun of movies. It's like, man, that movie's so bad. But some some of them are truly genuinely bad. Like movies, I'll tell you, there's some really genuinely bad films. <laughs> but I have taken that sort of positive approach to things. It's like, okay, let me find something positive about that film. There's something. So I would, yeah, I, I think that in my head, okay, yeah, that's bad music. But I think I had to have to analyze a little bit more. It's like, why do I think it's bad? Why do I think it doesn't work. Maybe it doesn't work for me, but it might work for somebody else. So I I would say there might be, but I'm trying to take a positive approach to it and be like, there's probably something nice about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> so a very, very roundabout way of saying that, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay too. Um, do you separate art from the artist? I would like to, but sometimes it's hard uh i, I th and it's it's easier when it comes to films i think because they're playing a character that's different from them and i think when you're doing music you still are that person yes you're doing the music but just like i think me and my wife are actually talking about this is you know like probably I'm not going to name names, but there are bigger artists that have some allegations towards them. Do you still listen to their music? And it's, it's, that's a hard one just because we, she still does and I still do as well. But yeah, I, it, that's a, that's a hard one to answer. And I, I, I would say it really depends. I, I think it also probably depends on the intensity of stuff that they have done that could be wrong in my head, you know? And, and so it's, it's very perspective driven, you know, uh, should I separate the art from the artist? Yeah. I don't, uh, that, that one's a hard one. I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't want to say too much. Just people start be like, wow, no, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this artist. <laughs> I don't want to listen to his music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not the one who's the bad person whose music you shouldn't listen to so it yeah it depends <laughs> yeah 
what advice do you have for people that are just starting out in music or in film? I mean, you're just starting out and stuff, but like you're you're getting going. So what would you say to someone who is kind of in your shoes a year or two years ago? Yeah, I would I would say like first advice would be to just do it. Like, you know, just start experimenting with your own style. What I've realized since last few months is um, be confident in what you do. And confidence comes from experience uh, also. But don't, like, it's almost like if you're insecure in what you do and when you first start, you're very insecure in what you do, you will see that people will take advantage of you uh, because they realize that you're insecure in what you do. And so when you start out, have a little bit of confidence. Um, I know it's hard to have, just start having confidence, but experiment with things, uh, have a little bit of, you know, kind of trust in yourself. Like, Hey, I can do this. Cause you can, you can always tell it's like, Hey, I have something that if I just focus on that, I can do it. And then, uh, don't listen to people that are not negative, but don't listen to people that, sort of steer you away from uh, what you want to do because I've I've noticed that I've, I've I've reached out to people as a new person you're very excited for what you do and you know like you want to reach out to people you want to work with them you want to do this you want to do that but sometimes those people either will completely ignore you or they won't reach out to you or 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 you know you you won't give any positive feedback from it that bothered me when I first started um and just like, hey, I'm just trying to learn. Uh, but you have to also look at from their perspective. You, ju I'm just a new guy. They don't know who I am, so they they shouldn't be, you know, uh, they shouldn't have to respond to me. And so, like as a new artist, uh, for me, I would always respond to people just because my personality is like that. I will not, it, it, you know, no matter who you are, I will some, you know, respond to you, say, hey, I'm sorry, I, I won't be able to work with you right now, kind of thing. But as a newer artist, you will get a lot of rejection. You will get a lot of just people ignoring you. Yeah, don't let that, don't let that bother you as much. It is hard when you're in that position, but you will get bothered by it. You will be like, hey, I'm just trying to learn. I don't know why people are just ignoring me. Just find your own sound. And that's what I've been trying to do since last, you know, almost a year is just find your own sound. And as I tell people, it's kind of a joke. It's like, bro, cult leaders had followers. So... You, when you make some things, you will find followers. <laughs> like there's all there's somebody like there's a fan base for every music there's out there, and that's also sort of a rambo way of saying that is there bad music? Because you know you, you could have followers for bad music too. Um, you know, and for what we think bad. So yeah, keep doing what you do. Um, don't get disheartened by any rejection, or and you know because if you're passionate enough you should keep doing what you do just because they can ignore you, but they cannot really take your talent, you know? So just keep finessing that, uh, that talent, keep, keep working hard and just be happy, man, with what you do. Cause if, if you really love to do, if you're going far enough to reaching out to people and starting something that's sort of in the arts and visual media, like visual media and audio, then you are passionate about it. I mean, there, I can say there are probably producers that just want to capitalize on this whole trend of trap music. But if you are getting into it, you have a passion for it. So you need to make sure that what you, the, the, the thing that you do with so much passion, you need to be happy with it. So just keep doing what you're doing, you know, just do it would be the biggest one. Just don't think about it. I've seen people and I'll, I'll tell you one more thing. So I've seen, uh, there's a producer that I met in one of the film sets and he gave me a brilliant advice. It's just like, there are probably, let's say there are a hundred people that want to do films or music. Off that hundred, 98 people, 98 people will just keep talking about it. It's like, yeah, man, you know, once I get, once I get good at it, you know, I'll reach out. And there's two people who will invest in themselves, who will go out, seek out other artists, who will work hard. So be the, be that, to be that two people, you know, because if you invest in yourself, that will, you will have some return later down life. And I've seen the 98% of people as well who just talk about, and it's like, man, you know, once I, once I, you know, in the next year, man, I'm going to make this film. I'm going to do this, do that. And then nothing happens. <laughs> 
I would say even if it's crappy, like the first thing you ever made, just like I did, and my wife laughed at it, just keep going. Just, you know, there's you and like you, the people that you listen to were not made overnight, even though they might have gained popularity overnight. But it was that overnight was 13 years long. You know, it just like that. That's what. So it just keep just keep going. Yeah, definitely. Switching gears into the tough questions that make bit depth bit depth. What is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? So I'm not religious at all. Uh, and spirituality is, I, I do, like, I'm not spiritual either. Um, but I do like to read uh, mythology and or, you know, religious texts to gain that sort of uh, philosophical approach towards life. Um, so I, I, th I see all these, you know, religious texts as just a bunch of stories with a lot of philosophy of human behavior. And especially if you look at Hinduism, there's a lot of different interesting stories that are, you know, uh, revolves around greed, lust, hate, you know, anger, happiness. And so as a filmmaker, and as and somebody who wants to tell stories, I am fascinated by the human behavior, how humans interact with each other, how, you know, like um, how how they approach a certain scenario. And I get a lot of that interesting ideas from the religious texts and you know just books and like religious books in general that 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 have sort of that uh, that stories about human interaction. So it's. I'm not religious, but I do love reading religious texts to get that perspective. Yeah. Was that ever something that was, I guess, instilled in you by, uh, I mean, growing up in India, there's a variety of different things, like beliefs going on. And then same here in the US, there's a variety of different beliefs. How has that sort of that influence of different religions and different perspectives shaped where your spiritual or lack of spiritual views are. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little bit religious when I was back in India and that sort of always comes down to it, it kind of, everything is sort of connected, right? So you, you have, you have the idea of engineering doctors. It's an instilled, it's, it's instilled by the culture that you live in. Same thing happens with religion. It's sort of instilled by where you're born. You know, who 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 your parents are religious. You tend to be religious, but just because that's what you've been taught. And so I was a little bit religious when I was younger. Um, you know, but almost like to a point where I was just like begging for good grades. That's basically why it was my <laughs> extent of religion. And I used to go to because my grandpa and my grandma were religious, and they used to uh, read the. Uh, uh, Ramayan, which is one of our uh, bigger books. Uh, and so they used to read, uh, my grandpa used to read my uh, grandma that book almost like every Sunday. And so that's when I started sort of liking the characters and the and the complexity of those characters from that book. And so when I came here, the religions like just completely left my body. It's just like, you know, because I, I got I got, you know, first of all, going into a scientific field, you start having the logical reasoning and the scientific approach to everything. And, you know, yeah, it, it, it can make your mind a little bit sterile with all that, you know, oh, everything is calculated. But that's just how I like to view things is, you know, how, you know, how in a very logical and scientific, you know, uh, method. It might not be true for everybody, but that's how I look at it. So when I came to the U.S. and started going into the sciences, that a little bit of religion, religious belief just completely was gone at that point. And then I, once that is gone, it's kind of interesting. When that is gone, then you start looking at the text that they taught you as religion, a lot more interesting book as philosophy. Like if that makes sense, you know, it you, you start understand, you start reading it with a different perspective, not to please anybody not to do anything but just to understand the stories that it's telling you and the characters that it's telling you and how you can take philosophical lessons out of those characters so yeah i mean once i came to the u.s i blame the u.s for making me you know almost atheist <laughs> <laughs> yeah then thank you for giving me the the transition into the next question because you said almost atheist what is your definition of god i don't have one um I, I feel 
like uh, for the longest time, uh, my and and I still believe that uh, my parents are my gods. You know, just because if you think about it, uh, they are the one. Like everything you can talk about God in a way other than you know you can say about your parents plus you can actually feel and see them it's just that that's how i feel about it and so you know like not everybody has the same relationship with their parents but for me i think my definition of god would be you know uh what they are which is you know a nurturing uh parents that have given me more than i asked for and that's you know like that you know even in india I was very privileged in that sense where they provided me with things that they didn't have when they were growing up. So yeah, for me, I'm an atheist, but my parents would be my gods. Cool. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that answer before. That's really interesting. What is free will and do you believe in it? Question mark. <laughs> Yeah, that that I even that question I thought of it, but I couldn't. I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna go wing it when he asked me that question. If he doesn't, <laughs> it is. Man, that 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 one that one always gets me. Even when I was listening to other people's podcasts, um, I think there is free will. Um, uh, it also might be based on where you are in this world that free, like the definition of free will, because as humans, you should have free will, but does the society allow you to have free will is the other question, I, I guess. And uh, yeah, for the question that should we have it? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it. then you're charting into territories is like, what do people do with that free will? You know, that, that that's the question that you have to ask next. But I think, um, at a larger scale, I think it's a good thing and you should have free will. Cool. <laughs> if that's, I don't know, that might be the worst answer I've given uh, or, or probably anybody has given on your podcast, but. <laughs> <laughs> everyone has different perspectives and not everyone thinks about that one all the time. And so I acknowledge that that one's super hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you think happens when we die? I think the same. You get become warm fruit, man. Uh, for us, we get cremated, so we become ashes. But you know, you—it's almost like I, be, I forgot who mentioned that, but somebody mentioned on your podcast. So you just, you know, whatever happens before you're born, it's just nothingness. That's basically it. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really think about that quite a bit, just because I have so much to do before I get to that phase where I'm just exactly the same as I was, I was before I was born with just nothing. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I think spending so much time trying to think about what happens after you die, it just takes away from you living when you actually are alive, you know, that, so for me, it's just, yeah, whatever happens, it's all cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to live for eternity, though. That's way too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuff gets old after a while. <laughs> yes. How do you determine what good behavior is? See, now that... I was ready for the, for the question. <laughs> but I, the reason I was ready is just because I've been thinking about that so much. And as I mentioned, you know, with the religious text and the and the filmmaker side of me under wants to understand... Uh, you know, just human behavior and human psychology. And so I have come to a point where even if there's a negative character in any film, I love if there is a reason for them to be negative. I want to understand what circumstances were presented to this individual that he ended up being what he is. Now, I'm not sure if it's something, such, such a thing as, you know, like a uh, true evil that does, you know, no matter what circumstances it's being presented, it will become that. But I think for most people, circumstantial, uh, uh, you know, your circumstances that you're born, circumstances, or, you know, who you grew up with, what were you uh, subjected to really explain, should explain a majority of bad behavior. I think, I think as a society, we should understand the, the root cause of that bad behavior. I mean, yes, 
at first in, at first sight you'll be like okay that's bad behavior let's punish it kind of thing but i think we need to deep you know uh dig deeper into what makes a person do certain things and so i do think there's bad behavior i just would like to understand the background and what happened to that person to come to that point yeah exactly how do we reduce the division between people man everybody should love good music that's one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah th that one is very interesting too just because and i think i think that the the previous question should go into it just because a lot of that division does come from your your background what who you grew up with the the way you look at certain people the way you know just like uh, racism the way you approach racism yes you can th that's the thing you got to understand where they're coming from yes the behavior itself is extremely bad and you need to take that into account but also how do we stop that from happening i think to understand understanding people at a very basic level at a very deeper level also will result in us not being divided as much just because again if i was in india and there you know because india is pretty bad within racism between muslims and hindus so that's and and that that's been you know uh, discussed quite a bit and then the thing is i think a lot of my school friends are that now and i was like wait a second you have educations you're engineers you're doctors so education doesn't really change your mindset i don't think that's what it is because education doesn't teach you you know uh morality or ethics or anything like that it just you know if you're an engineer you're just reading about you know slopes and tangents and sines and cosines and you get very sterile with your thought process and then people around you start you know talking about you know oh you know this person you know this community is bad that community is bad and you you stop questioning that you start believing you know if if there's 17 people around you telling you something then you just almost as a human start believing what they're saying because it is easier to just accept things and it's harder to actually revolt against it for a lot of people so i think to understand uh behavior and understand behavior and you know to understand uh, how are we divided we should probably go back to looking at you know the the surroundings that these people are uh actually living for their you know during their formative years because that's when you start you know sort of injecting a lot of you know like parents start injecting a lot of their insecurities people start injecting a lot of insecurities into kids and you know if that's all you know if that's how you're born in a very small place with people just telling you what they believe is true then you just you're just going to basically be like a what's the word uh just like you know like you, you're gonna do exactly the same as what they're doing but you know and that's what changed for me is traveling and having a different perspective and having an understanding that hey uh there has to be a certain difference between us for us to think differently let's figure out what that difference is uh, and then maybe we can come to a common point and so yeah i think to be less divided we should probably understand where everybody's coming from and understand you know why they behave a certain way definitely i guess you've probably already answered this question through all these other answers but i still like asking it do you believe humans are evil by nature i'm probably some like like not, I'll, I'll probably bring up hitler uh i don't y yes like if you <laughs> at, at the face of it fuck yes <laughs> <It's evil. laughs> But again, like, you know, for majority of the people, you have to, again, understand where they're coming from. You know, it, it could be like I was watching that uh, show Mindhunter um, on Netflix. And I love that show because I love David Fincher. And it just the the idea, you know, it's just like two detectives going around interviewing serial killers to to understand why they do certain things. And the majority of them, and these are based on real serial killers, majority of them it's just like childhood trauma abusive parents you know it's just like a lot of trauma that kind of makes you almost crazy so evil when you see it you'll be like okay that's evil and for my scientific mind uh, i would probably start going back to their childhood and see what's wrong and that's what they were doing in the show 
where they were understanding if there is a certain behavior that leads you to become a serial killer and can be identified before it even happens. So I, I guess I'm sure there are truly evil person in the world just looking at history. Uh, but even then, understand the circum, I guess, just for curiosity, how did they come to the point that they were would be an interesting thought process, you know, uh, to see what what made them, you know, just completely snap kind of thing to become that evil. There has to be a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think humanity is heading towards in the future? Man, a lot of AI going on, man. I don't know if I, if I like it, but <laughs> I mean, I'm not... I'm not too sure just because it's kind of interesting. You know, you, you have all this AI stuff, but then all the retro stuff is coming back. <laughs> it's just like, it's just very confusing for me of what, uh, but as a whole, I'm hoping humanity is heading towards more let live and let live sort of thing. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping uh, just because of what I've seen in last few years is people's individuality has been coming out quite a bit. So, you know, people are free to do whatever they want, dress however they like, um, you know, or, you know, be what they are. So I'm hoping if that's where humanity's heading, you know, apart from, we won't talk about wars and country disputes and all that stuff, but I'm saying as humanity, if we are all, all sort of just understand each other and just be who we are, I think it's a positive outcome in the future. I mean, right now it's seeming very, very negative at this point in time in society with all that's going on. But I'm hoping once this craziness is over and, you know, you have this younger generation that comes up that have really interesting thought process, you know, very, very, uh, I'm just going to be who I am sort of mentality. And I think if you, if those are the people, then, you know, uh, being parents and giving that ideas to kids, like, hey, you can be whatever you want. Just don't be an asshole. That's basically it. <laughs> I think the future would look good. Um, or we'll just destroy ourselves with the climate change and we're all fucked. But <laughs> on the positive side, if we can curb all of that, then I think we are headed towards something that's a lot more inclusive of, you know, everybody in all cultures. Yeah, definitely. What are you optimistic about for our future? Music. Uh, that's probably one of the ones and probably anything to do with, um, like this is probably a very s small scale answer, but if you've seen Mandalorian, uh, that whole 3D virtual reality sets, man, I'm freaking excited for that one yeah <laughs> i want to get my hands on that one to make some films but i mean as 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 human being i guess in in a very broader sense i'm excited about again how people's individuality and their their you know i'll be what i want to be how does that shape society would be something that i'm optimistic about and you know how does that affect music and films Let's see how you know, how crazy people be with films and music, how experimental can we get with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What makes you content? Man, uh, such a cliche answer, but probably just hanging out with my wife. Um, I think if I had to choose between things... I'll probably always choose her just because I think she was, she has been a huge pillar in my life for all the creative stuff that I do. Uh, but just being with her, traveling with her, it's, I think that's probably the, when I'm the most content, it's just, just hanging out with another human being that actually understands you at a deeper level, you know, like, like we, we just click so well that it's just like, you know, just two friends hanging out all the time. So that, yeah, traveling with her, the most content I can ever be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> when will you be satisfied? The, yeah, I'm 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 going into that uh that thought process quite a bit these days. Like I'm one of those people who's probably not satisfied with where I'm where I am right now. Like I always want something more, something more, you know. 
oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. But I think um, recently my wife had a, a pretty major surgery uh, and she's doing great now, uh, but she's recovering. But that was a scare that time that almost changed my perspective of what satisfaction is. Um, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting, like last three weeks have been absolutely freaking crazy. And, you know, just the way, like, so that, I'll go into that uh, that music that I sent you, Galactic Revival, and I'll, I'll plug my stuff in, don't worry about it. But <laughs> but that beat tape was completely made in a hospital room in two days. Uh, and so that satisfied me in that sense. So the whole satisfaction definition in my head changed quite a bit. Uh, I, you know, before, like, I'm still, like, you can't change a person overnight, but uh, I had, you know, as I said, I was always like, hey, what's next? I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. So I was never satisfied. But temporary satisfaction, I've been sort of playing with a lot. It's like, hey, I'm satisfied with the music I have. I'm satisfied with what I, where I am right now in life. And that, that sur her surgery changed that quite a bit just because I sort of thought of the entire or life in perspective is like, hey, uh, I can't be in this mindset of, you know, just keep going, keep going, keep going uh, all the time. I have to be, I have to be uh, satisfied with where I am right now, satisfied with what I do, satisfied with my skill set. So yeah, her like satisfaction definition has changed quite a bit in my head. And I'm in the short term, I'm pretty satisfied, but I do have like broader things I want to do, you know, like I, I, but I'm not going to beat my head against the wall to get there. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what advice do you have for people in general? Uh, stop being assholes. Just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and again, just try to talk to people, try to understand where they're coming from. And I've been guilty of this. I've been guilty of, you know, um, like I'm not, not a, you know, all pure hearted. I've been guilty of misidentifying people, guilty of, you know, looking at them a certain way. But what I've been trying to do more is just to understand their perspective, understand where they're coming from and just talk to people, man. That's, that's, and it's just easier now to talk to people around the world. So just understand travel also travel, travel opens up your mind. Uh, a lot of times you are so stuck in one, you know, one, circle one you know a certain amount of people small little town i mean yeah you can't do much about being born in a certain town but you can make the conscious effort of actually traveling opening up your mind to different cultures different people and you know just when you do that you sort of you sort of become a lot more you know a uh, lot more open you know you, you just become you just accept people more at that point, just because you've seen all this culture, you've seen how people live in India, in Nepal, Venezuela, just travel, travel and be nice people. Come on. Yeah. Last question, potentially most importantly, cake or pie? Man, um, I like both. Uh, my wife has been making a lot of cakes, so I would say cake for now, but if it's sugar, I'm fine with anything, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll start getting into pies, which pies are more difficult to make anyways. But yes. like if your wife starts making more pies, it's like, oh, man, maybe it, maybe you'll like those better. So we'll see. But right now it's cake. What is best cake? Oh, I don't know. Uh, and that's more of a nostalgic uh, Black Forest. Uh, I love Black Forest cake um, just because that was one of my favorite cakes when I was a kid. And it's still one of the best cakes. And my second best would be uh, Red Velvet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. Sandeep, thank you so much for doing this with me. Where can we find you and your things? Yep. So uh, my Instagram is Sandeep, is S-U-N-D-E-E-P underscore productions. Um, that's the same thing on Facebook. I have a website, sandeep-productions.com. And on Spotify and every streaming channel, I am under Sandeep, but there's a difference. There's a space between Sun and Deep just because somebody already took the word Sandeep as one. So yeah, you can just uh, search me on any of those. Uh, if you go to Instagram, there's a link tree with all my stuff on there, all my artist profiles and YouTube 
uh, and on, on YouTube, I'm also Sunday Productions. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Uh, how convenient is it that like, well, first of all, like Sunday was your real name. And so like, what does that mean? And then it just seems convenient that like in English, it's like two actual words. Yes. <laughs> so, so te technically if I was spelling it as in Hindi, uh, it would be just like how Hindi is spoken. If, you know, if, if Hindi was translated into how you write in English, it would be S-A-N just because S-A has the sound su. So it's Sundeep would be that. So a lot of people actually call me Sundeep in India. But my mom wanted to spell me Sundeep because sun obviously is the sun, gives light, and deep is, uh, uh, it's actually, you know, cause for, from, in, from Hindi, it would be deep with the softer D instead of deep. I know a lot of people, like my wife cannot tell the difference. It's like, uh, I, you just said the same two words. Yeah, just now I just heard the same. <laughs> yeah, <continent>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like deep instead of deep. Like it's just like a small little th in the front. Sure. So that that means a lantern that we burn in one of her festivals, which also gives light. So I guess it's light and light. So that's cool. what my name means. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just think it's super cool that like, your artist name can also just be your name and it still sounds really cool. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I lucked out on but, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, thank you so much for doing this with me. I'm Santiago Ramones. Sandeep, and thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And now this is Galactic Revival from Sandeep's communication board, which is streaming everywhere now.
You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. I have an EP, a short album, that will be releasing on May 28th. It's six instrumental electronic tracks that didn't quite fit into a major release. It's called Sound Bites, and it'll be the first of many EPs that include stray songs, pieces, or recordings. Be on the lookout for that, and follow me on Instagram to stay up to date with all the stuff that I'm doing, both at bit.depth and at Santiago Ramones Music. If you like the podcast, leave comments on social media, leave reviews saying how much you like the podcast, and tell your friends about it. I really couldn't be doing this without you, and I'm super grateful to continue doing Bit Depth for this long. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting Bit Depth. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.